This podcast contains adult language. DigitalDarren.com. Today is May 31st, 2020. And if you're a citizen of the United States, a citizen of the world, there's only one thing that's going on right now. And it's the fallout from the killing, the murder of George Floyd at the hands of a cop in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And just as a real background, the cop from Minneapolis they arrested him or detained him for some reason. He was cooperative the whole time. They wind up, you know, being rough with him. And one cop in particular had his knee on his neck the whole time. And you heard George Floyd say he can't breathe. And basically at, through that video, you just see he goes, he wasn't combative at all. He goes from being responsive to non-responsive. And the fallout from that is basically protests, which turned into riots, which happens all over the country. And, here in Atlanta, we are blessed to have a digital Darren correspondent on the scene for that live from the Atlanta riots, and that's Mr. Calhoun. What's up, Calhoun? What's going on, dude? So this has been a long weekend and a trial weekend for you yourself, for everybody, for the most part. And so we want to just want to talk about what you know, what you experienced, what went on, your thoughts on everything, and I'm gonna get my thoughts on it. So we just want to get started with tell us how it went down, because you know I talked to you. Friday. Next thing I know, you said you're going to a peaceful protest. And next thing I know, it's cars burning. This Atlanta's on CNN, and actually, the CNN center where they filmed this stuff is being vandalized. And it just got, it just went from zero to a hundred very fast. It seems like. So I'm gonna let you pick up. As you said on my Facebook and my Instagram, I was going live with it, uh, and I'm looking. I'm even looking at CNN now and what they're doing. It was gonna happen at some point. It was gonna boil over. This wasn't. This is about George Floyd, but this ain't just about George Floyd. It's also about Trayvon Martin. It's also about Eric Gardner, Mike Brown, Walter Scott. Everyone. We've been going through this for ever. If you reference our podcast when it was uh, me, you, I think it was Mob and Mac. I think we did it after. Was it the Eric Gardner when we did it after the Mike Brown? Mike Brown. And we was on on views, and I told you then that if something happened, I want to be in the middle of it. I told you then I, I've already been to another protest in March. It was time for riots. I told you then it was time for action, and they continue to keep acting in the way that they acted. They continue to devalue our lives, and so it was time for action. It was time for rage. It was time to burn shit down, and that's what happened. The protest was peaceful. No one told you in Atlanta. No one talked about it. It was two protests in the riot. Before the riot broke out, it was pro- it was peaceful protests. But everything is boiling high right now. We're in the quarantine, right? And there's already been three black people killed by white cops and whites. We had one here in Brunswick. We had George Floyd. Well, that wasn't a white cop. That was a private citizen who used to be a I cop. Said, I told you, oh, whites. Yeah. And that wasn't a cop. That was... Those were ex-cops, ex-sheriffs trying to make a fake citizen arrest under their racism. 
Let's not forget the sister in Kentucky. You see what I'm saying? Like, this is the devaluing of black lives has been going on for too long. And I think not just the black community, but Americans are sick of it. And we're sick of having to beg. We're sick of having to walk. We're sick of having to talk. And eventually it was going to be. But it was going to be action, but it's, it's beautiful to see how we all have come together and fought these animals. And how we all come together to burn down the system. And I think more should go on. I think it should persist. Because that's the only way these motherfuckers, that's the only way anything happened. That's the only way you're seeing action now. So I think that the biggest ally in this is the coronavirus. I think there are two things that stick out from this. First and foremost, by far the coronavirus. I think that people want to get out of the house. People are just fed up in general. People have no jobs, no money, whatever. So anything to get out of the house, right? But I think that by far the coronavirus is the biggest driver in this. And I think secondly is, you know, specific to him is that the I can't breathe thing. Like we went down this road before. And I think that, you know, you play that same thing. And we talked about this yesterday, um, a group of us, like, if you're a cop in this country, after Eric Gardner, you have to have some training or something that somebody specifically say, if they tell you they can't breathe, alter something. And nothing was altered in that. I think that that was specific to that case, specific to George Floyd. I think that's the one thing specific to him where it's like, Okay, now, because I do think personally, I think that if people were working, if people had jobs, if the country was in the normal place, this doesn't happen. And it damn sure don't happen this long. Well, I don't think it happens, period. I, I, I think that what happens is you get a peaceful protest. You get you may get you know, you may get some pockets of it, but it's not everybody. It's not like you said, it's not this long. And it's not just this deep. Like people. You got to be to work tomorrow, most people, or they'll work on Saturday or Sunday. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot. It doesn't. You don't have time to do that. A lot of those people who were at the protest, they turn, you know, turn. However, they would have been at work or coming home from work or blase this, blase that. I think coronavirus and people having nothing to do helps this more than anything. That's what. That's what y'all. I agree because we took our time. What happens with Corona? This is another podcast we do about that, but it made everyone stop. You know, it made everyone stop and made everyone pay attention. Usually we just go on with life as we know it. We don't do like we're supposed to do. We, we don't pay it enough attention. It's just another person killed. But we had time to focus. We had time to pay attention. We had time to say, okay, enough is enough. We don't have time for this corona and all this nonsense and having to go through this again. And it's just outrage. We need guidance in it, but it's outrage, and it's and it's been boiling over. I think it's more. I think this is more than just cops killing blacks outrage. That's kind of my point. I think that I think it's outraging. Just you know, cops killing black people. I think it's just outrage with no money, no everything. I think it's a whole bunch of outrage for a whole bunch of things coming together at once. Agreed. So. Walk us through. Walk us through it, cause we we starting to get a little cart before the horse. Walk us through it. You you were saying it was a nonviolent protest that you had heard about on Facebook and Twitter. So walk us through how how it got to where it got to in your mind. 
So Friday as usual was gonna be a regular protest. And I've been on I've been on wax saying that I don't wanna do another protest because protests to me be it's they're, they're fruitless. And they they don't accomplish what needs to be accomplished. All they do is lullaby. Everyone is asleep. It's like Novocaine. And nothing gets accomplished. But I was gonna go this time again, Corona. I'm not working either. Someone who we just met, beautiful black sister we just met Sunday. Friends of her friends was like, she's going. So I asked her, she going? And I said, well, I'll go. So it was her first time there. So I went. Now I am to make sure she was going to be okay, just in case something happened. And then to, to, to walk out some of that, you know, uh, anger to release. So we did our protest, went around. It was from, it was from Centennial Park to the Capitol, came back. And everyone was doing their regular, what they always do. A whole bunch of nothing, a whole bunch of talking. Nothing was going on. Something happened by the CNN building because half the crowd started running out. I won't speculate as to what happened. I know what someone told me, but again, I wasn't there to see it. So I don't want to spread what happened. Something triggered it with police in the area. Everyone ran over to the uh, CNN while the, while, the, while the speakers were speaking, and he was encouraging people, no, don't go, don't go, stay here, stay here, whatever. Everyone went. So I walked her to a car. I told her, I'm just going to see what's going on. As we're there, and I'm sitting in the front, there's just some protesting going on. Um, they brought in the National Guard. There was two armored vehicles, uh, and they was there. And we were just chanting. It was, it was still peaceful. There was chanting. We were standing still. We was doing a no justice, no peace, no racist police. Thoughts were we was doing all of our chants. Uh, and we were standing our ground. To me, that's when the real protests start. Side note, I have a problem with protesting against police while being protected or being escorted or guided by police or having permits from said system. Uh, you can't you can't protest the system if you're asking the system for pro, for protection or asking permission to protest. That goes against what a protest is. So after that regular, what we're used to, vanilla protest. Then the real protest started. We was there in front of the armed guards and the police. Then we went on another march. And we marched. It wasn't organized. We started walking throughout the city. We made the right by where Lincoln Lounge used to be. We went by the aquarium. I did a lot of walking. Bro, I'm so sore tired right now. I can't explain to you. Like, it's unbelievable how tired I am. Now, I'm going to give you a timeline. We started at 3.30. After the 3.30, the other protest started around 5.36. We walked to about 7.30. So at this time, I'm thinking the protest is we made our point. Uh, someone who I've met on Facebook, who I know I'm a friend with, we said, well, let's get something to eat because it's like it's over with. So when we went, got something to eat around our punts. No, no. Edge over there by Auburn Avenue, so right around, not too far, right around the corner. And her phone started ringing, and my phone started ringing. And everyone was like, You're not down there in that nonsense, are you? Because they've lit the police car on fire. We was like, No, nah, we just left. So we was like, Man, let's hurry up, eat this shit, get right back. So we went right back to a park in the same spot, walked back up. By this time, it was a face off. Now, I didn't see what was on fire then. Uh, it was a face off of what was going on. And as we're standing in front, front line, as I'm standing in front of police, that's when all hell broke loose. That's when they tore up the CNN building. 
That's what I what I now this is what I seen. And you seen it on my live. They was busting the CNN building. Police came like they kidnapped the guy when they had apprehended him. They set two police cars on fire. Um, that's where my picture comes from here in front of the police car. It was sparking and it was blowing because it's you know ammunition in it. They tear gassed the crowd. It was like it was mayhem that ensued in the riot. And while the riot was going on, Wish was in the crowd around 10 o'clock. Lennox said 11. Lennox said 11. Lennox said 11. So for the listeners who don't know, that's Buckhead. So around about 10.45, 10.50, when it was dying so down, I listen down to, Let me just... So our listeners who aren't from Atlanta, who've never been, that's all rich white money. Right. So we'll go from there. So it was dying down here in downtown. We left. I left. Went to Lennox. And it was mayhem. Oh, my God. New York is going crazy right now. It just lit something on fire. I went to Buckhead. And it, Buckhead was all, the, it was, it was all the way crazy. They had so many police in Buckhead. And what they was doing in Buckhead was unbelievable. Like, it wasn't the same kind of policing that was downtown in Buckhead. The policing in Buckhead was totally different. They were more aggressive. They was in the, they was in masses. Every time a window broke, you seen them on the scene riding up 20, 30, 40 deep. They parked on Peach Street. The police cars, uh, police motorcyclists, they lined the streets by twos, like 30 of them. They had police cars blocking streets. They had people running. They bust open the ice box. When police hit the scene, they take off running. They bust open sacks. They had tear gas. It was just mayhem. It was looting in Buckhead. That's not what I stand for. And there was gun. People were shooting in Buckhead when I believe. Buckhead was a whole nother animal. So, thank you for walking us through that timeline Friday. Because, one, you on the news. Like, everybody, I'm sure you were getting a lot of calls and texts. Because people were calling me like, you see Calhoun on the news? Calhoun on the news? Blah, blah, blah. And you weren't doing anything. You were just walking. You just happened to walk by the camera or whatever. What was most surprising during that whole timeline to you? I've been begging, pleading, praying for a right. And I was surprised that we broke into a full-blown, real-deal right. I was shocked. I couldn't believe we broke into a real riot. I needed it. It was cathartic. The country needs it. I mean, it, it was just, we all need that release. We all needed that. So, I, 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 we talked about this outline. I kind of agree with that, but I do want to bring the other point about, you know, people saying y'all destroying black businesses and, and Keisha Lance Bottoms got on and gave her speech, which we'll get to later. But, like, what are your overall thoughts about, like, I know one person in particular, like, it was some girls who own some store in Buckhead, and they say they stole everything out their store. Dude, Big Dave Cheese Steaks was talking about how, how you know, the rise basically tore down his shop and stuff like that. And these are black-owned businesses, some, and some of them have contributed to the community. What are your thoughts on that, and that on that collateral damage type situation? It's unfortunate. It wasn't the, it wasn't the plan. It's not what we was asking. Uh, again, everyone was talking about your own community. Downtown and Buckhead was the target. So I don't know where those places were, but downtown and Buckhead is the target. And there are no blacks, this, that, and the other in downtown and Buckhead. We all know that. So I, I'm noticing a lot of the narrative is shifting, changing. A lot of the narrative is, that, you know, 
they're trying to create different storylines. This is what happened. You tell your own community. Atlanta is one of the most aggressively gentrified cities in this country. Let's start with that. Secondly, before the gentrification, unless you go back to the 90s, when we because we're really Atlanta, blacks have been out of downtown. Blacks have been out of Buckhead. They've never been in Buckhead. I mean, everything has been everything has been out of downtown, right? Like downtown is right. Downtown basically became a wasteland after like the late after the Olympics, probably about two or three years. Nobody was in downtown. Like it's just basically buildings, stuff. Like a lot of vacant buildings. And now when they rebuild, it's just businesses and stuff. So let's cut the neighborhood, your community shit, because we was talking about it. Black people ain't even in Atlanta like that no more. There's no more tech, wood, capital, home, great, how much. Black people are in parts of the West End. They're over in Cascade and Concrete. We're on the south side of Southeast Atlanta in Zone 3. We're not in East Atlanta like that no more. We're not in Fourth Ward Boulevard. We're not on Punch de Leon. So let's cut out the bullshit about they tearing up their neighborhood. Let's stop that. That's one. Two, when the riots start, it's not just blacks. It's not just black people. You're talking about the makeup of the crowd. What'd you say? You're talking about the makeup of the crowd now, right? Right. Okay. The crowd isn't just black. That's the beauty of it. I encourage everyone, if you've never been to a protest, go. And damn sure go to a riot. Right, you feel alive. But there, there isn't just blacks. There isn't just whites. It's not just Latinos and Hispanics. It's not just gays. It's not just straights. It's not just men. It's not just, it's not just old or young. It's everybody. So I guess as a person who's as close... As a person who like you is just for the particular group you for, how did that make you feel by seeing the, that diverse group though? So yeah, I'm not closed minded. What I am is I am for who I'm for. I'm pro. I'm pro black and I'm pro man, and I'm a pro black male. And I told you before offline, I was saying I need to go back to a religion because of the hatred that was brewing for whites and what was going on in this country and how we were being treated. Remember that? No. And what I will say, I don't have to go to no goddamn religion because this is reset, man. What got me back to where I, how I was raised. I never was raised as a separatist. I always was raised to love everyone. It was the religion I was raised in. Literally, I did not. I wasn't thinking blacks against white or white against black. I mean, I learned history, but I've always the religion I was raised in was so united and they already segregate themselves from people who's not in that religion. So it didn't matter what color you were. I always just looked at them as my brother and my sister. And I lost that with the gentrification, with the cops killings and with some of the, with some of the racist undertones that's on social media. And when you meet some of our, some of these, our white counterparts, but I tell you when you got down here Friday and even today, but Friday, when you seen how white people were using their privilege, knowingly, to protect and shield us, literally. Literally, this is what they were doing. They had chance going in the crowd whenever it was getting deep or when it was getting sticky or when they, we felt that a police was going to act in an aggressive manner. White people were chanting white people to the front. I didn't get it at first. I didn't know what they was talking about. I thought they was doing some shady stuff. They was literally getting in front of all of us. If we was on the front line, I was on the front line. They was walking in front of us to shield us from police. That's literally what they was doing, chaining white people to the front. My personal story, me, 
I'm talking to a cop face to face. I'm telling him you're supposed to be on our side. I'm telling him you're supposed to protect people, not property. I'm telling him you're a coward and you're a piece of shit and how you don't stand with the people. You're supposed to protect the people. As I'm talking, a young white woman said, I do not feel comfortable with you talking in that manner without protection. Can I please get in front of you? And as she motioned in front of me, I told her in the perfect world, so that I'm supposed to protect you. And she said, it's not a perfect world. And got in front of me to shoot me before in front of a police officer. That's a powerful moment. That was a, the next day I was overwhelmed with some of the stuff that I had seen and experienced. There was an old woman there that was there from the protest till then. I left at, I left around 1030 and she still was there. This lady had to be in her 60s with a walker. I got a picture of her. She had a walker in the middle of the street. Chaos is going on. It's tear gas. It's mayhem. She never moved. I asked her when we walked by, do you need a seat? She said, no, I'm just fine. And did not move and stood there and fought the fight that caused the whole day. From three, I seen her from three something, from four o'clock when we got back, until I left, she stood there. As people were getting pepper with, as people was getting tear gas, there were white people who had set up, they had set up the, uh, what you call it, they set up first aid. They had milk pouring in people's eyes. They had, we had water. It was all kind of stuff, man. It was solidarity. Everyone was for each other. And it was a powerful moment. It was overwhelming. And quiet as kept. As much as we would like to vilify and demonize police, and the police did their thing Friday night. I'm not going to lie to you. In what way? They were peaceful. They wasn't aggressive. They wasn't inciting the crowd. They didn't. So I think that, you know, we talked about this offline. I think that that's where we are, right? Like, so every every city official in the country is telling the police, pull your punches, essentially, right? Right. So I think that's a byproduct of that. I don't think that. I think that's a byproduct of that. So I think that every place that there were, I think people are pulling their punches. That's why you're seeing, like you just said, they just burned something in New York. They just did something else. They did something else. Now, what happens is there's a line, and they're just pushing the line back. And once you cross that line, then the National Guard comes in. Then people, what you know, then basically the higher-ups bring in the higher-ups, and it stops or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that that was, quote-unquote, the system being a little favorable to his flaws, for lack of a better term. If the system acted in the way that it acted, if the system, if that was the norm, then today would not, to this weekend would have never happened. I agree with that. If they had the training and restraint, the self-control, if they act, if they use all that stuff in their everyday handling of the people, then what happened this weekend would have never happened. So, I, you know, a question I asked you and I ask everybody, do you think Atlanta kind of shields us from what's going on, what's really going on? Because I think we can feel a certain level of comfortability in Atlanta because eight times out of ten, the officer that's going to pull you up is going to be a brother. Sure, sure. Yeah, and it does. It, it's Listen, I've been bashing this city like a motherfucker, but it does make a difference when it's black cops, when it's white cops. It makes a total difference when it's black cops and when it's white cops. 
even in these cities. And it's just, it's unbelievable. Like, some of this stuff over the weekend, I had moments when I had the whole tears back, honestly. And you're right, and we're arguing on, on many platforms. Niggas around here saying stupid shit. You all are cancer. You got, and we're going to get into a lady, Keisha Lance Bottom, that tap dancing nigga killer Mike, that stupid nigga T.I. They around here trying to condemn, and they trying to ostracize. You had other idiots keep going, what does it accomplish? What is that supposed to do? And my only question is, what the fuck have you done? What is any other shit that you've done accomplished? So I th- we had this conversation as a group. I think this is a good time to kind of direct it toward that. We had this conversation as a group, and you know, one of the people who we both know who's been on this podcast is basically saying what you said. Like it doesn't matter what this protesting do, what this riding do. And you know, me and you talked about it privately, and I said that initially I thought just like that. But as I think about it more, I think there are two wins from riding. I really do. I think that you know. The ultimate win is that it has people who really control, you know, mayors, politicians, stuff like that. People with money basically saying, hey, we cannot let this disrupt our money. So in this, throw whatever cop you have to throw in jail, do whatever you have to do to stop this. So and this don't happen again. I think that that's what riots do. That protesting doesn't do. It talks money indirectly and everybody listens to money. You see that Atlanta couple? I think it was yesterday. They tased them two in the car. Yeah. That male and that female. And they fired them today. They fired them today. Not for killing them, for handling them in an aggressive manner. And they tased them, pulled them out. The motherfuckers was fired in less than 12 hours. That's what riding does. While motherfuckers around here want you to march and be quiet and beg and plead and fake vote. And think you're doing something. What riding does is that. That's what it does. What riding does is make that piece of shit in Capitol on Capitol Hill who say something stupid like, "If you're not, if when the loot starts, the shoe start, you piece of shit." That's how you get that motherfucker out of there. That's how you get you listen to you watch it and listen to what Congress people are saying. You what uh, what they not saying or not talking. You listening and watching mayors and governors. You listening and watching this, and what they also done, what Rodden does, is take the veil off of what these motherfuckers trying to do on CNN and on Fox and all that other shit. Because in this, it's everybody. It's black, it's white, it's Hispanic, it's everyone. It's not just black. And it's not black against white. This is the people against corruption. That's what this is. And that's what Rodden does. It galvanizes the people. I also think it, the, I think it pulls off, like you said, it pulls off the facade of who really is in charge. So, like, as you see, Keisha Lance Bottoms in the Atlanta case isn't in charge of anything. T.I. them, Killer Mike, none of them are in charge. What's happening is somebody who owns half of downtown Atlanta is telling them to tell her to tell somebody else to get this shit in line. And what happens is you tell them the next time, hey, this better not happen. Y'all better... And this is how you get to firing those police officers. Like, I don't need this messing up my money, right? You know what I'm saying? And I'm talking about real money saying that. People with real stake in it are saying that. The people she really worked for or who they really worked for are saying it. And I think that that pulls the veil down on that. Because going back to her speech, 
you know, I got a text message from somebody I respect saying that was a hell of a speech. And that speech sounded so politicized to me. Like, even before I talked to anybody. Like, I just sat down with, like, I can't believe she trying to pull this shit. They use us to, to do their bidding because all them niggas did was weaponize their color. That's what they did. They weaponized their color. And it's a shame enough of us don't see it. So, like, I, cause like it was, you know, you can't say you black when it's riding, but not be, oh, I'm black when gentrification happened or when, you know, we talk about this. And this new Atlanta, this Atlanta thing, only people benefit of the same white people will benefit if a white person was in charge. Like, there is no sacrifice for black people in a black city, in a black controlled city like Atlanta. Right. So don't come in here weaponizing your color when it benefits you or when you want to advance your political career. Because this is a blow to her political career. Like they talking about she got with so much passion about it. And that's because, again, they were talking about she could be a vice president. She can, you know, she can be more than way more than mayor. But and that's why she has to come on here and say that. Right. So she can give it, so they can. She can feel like she's one of the people. And hey, when she does run, I told the people, you know, what I'm saying to do this, to do that. It just came off as just disingenuous to me. That's exactly what it was. And the mother and the weak-minded, the feeble-minded house niggas, the turncoat slave, the weak, pussy coward niggas who didn't see it or felt it or come put two and two together. It's ridiculous. I wouldn't call them weak. I just say, you know, you just you're you're not thinking all the way through. You're not thinking it. You're no, not. I'm saying it for this reason because we already done it. We've been knowing it. Listen, we was alive with with Rodney King. We was preteens, right? They riding we in Atlanta then. They riding in Atlanta then. That was over thirty years ago. But we have noticeably, noticeably since social media has sparked up. Since Obama was not like we have for sure, like we know Sean Bell, but we have been watching this for a good twelve years, like in the middle of it for twelve years with these police killings, with this injustice that's going on. And right five now, the past use, five years, the advancement of cameras on phones has changed this in the past six seven years significantly. So at this point in time, this isn't uh, one of those. This, there is no excuses. There is no, well, we think different. Like, you've seen it. Now you know it. And it's not grainy video from 91 where you see seeing half of the video. It cut out. It's hardly right. legible sometimes. It's crystal clear, hear the sound video. You seen me. You seen me yesterday, right? Yeah. Can you feel yourself in that right? Yeah. You felt the fireworks going off. You saw the smoke. You felt... You seen, you heard the glass busting. You seen police moving in. You was right there, right? Oh, and that's the difference. And it goes back to another point of that. This is in '91, where you know, white Matt and white Tess hear about it from a third party source. Now Matt and Tess are looking about it, and they're saying, "Hey, this is they're shooting at Robert, who loves Pokemon like I love Pokemon Go, right?" Or this is a person I just who I just bought some LeBrons from, a sold some LeBrons for. I have a beer with him at the bar every once in a while. Or we're in the same group of Dungeons and Dragons, or we're in the same club of whatever people are interested in. 
Right. You see, and so now it's now it's not some third party, fourth party account. Now you send it for your own eyes, right? Right. The media playing those dirty tricks don't play no more. So when they come on and these people are looting and they're running and they're this and that, and you're literally watching somebody's live stream going, that is not what's going on. There's nothing but this rioting that's going on. It's mostly African Americans. This a, you're not. These are lies now, and it's causing media to have to play their game different. The motherfuckers came down that Friday. We tried. To, I was on their ass too. I don't know who that bitch is from 46. I said, fuck her too and fuck media too. She was like, if it wasn't for the media, y'all wouldn't know about this. How else would you know? I said, bitch, we don't watch the news. Facebook, bitch. Hey, you talking about? Like, it's craziness. It craziness ensued, but I'm going to tell you something. It's needed. This is how you make change. This is how you change things. You don't change things by walking, singing them fuck-ass songs, going back rap. It was in the rally after the protest and the motherfuckers going, the very next time this happened, I'm not going to talk about that violence, but we ain't going to take this again. I said, do the shit now. I yelled out, do it now. That didn't spark the riot, but I yelled out, do that shit now. Why the fuck we got to keep going the next time? The next time. One of these times. When is the next? When is going to be the last time? And the only thing that happens, you know, why it's always the next time? Because it wasn't your people yet. So before it becomes me or you or your son or your daughter or your uncle or dad, why don't we stop this shit now? That's what needs to happen, and that's what's happening. We've been crying and begging for justice and segregation since the sick since since slavery abolished. We've been trying to get just. We wanted justice. We've been begging, we've been marching, we've been talking. When are we going to get it? This is how you get it. This is how. So there is no Ahmaud Arbery. So there is no Breonna Taylor. So there is no, you know, George Floyd. Minneapolis just went through this with Philando Castillo. And we were talking about Alton Alton Sterling. How many times? Sandra Bland, how many times? This, the Tatiana, the sister who was playing the game with her, with her nephew and got killed. How many? And it was it was due to happen. The country had been busting at the hem for, but thank you, COVID nineteen, to make us already take a break so we can focus in on this bullshit, corrupt system and try to make change. Everyone keep trying to make change at the ballot box. You make you make change in these streets. That's where your change come from. And it's not just us. It's not just blacks. It's not just men. It's all of us. That's how you make change. Black men, white women, Asian women, Latino men, Hispanic men. This is how you make change. All groups stand together. The Jewish community, the gay, the LGBT community. Everybody want to have a community. But it's like Fred Hampton said, if we say all power to all people, Guess what our government going to have to do? They're going to have to cater and they're going to have to kowtow to the people and not to our oppressors like they've been doing. And that's why not only was I there Friday, I was down there again today. And if it go down tomorrow, you'll catch me down there tomorrow too. What are your thoughts on Killer Mike and T.I.? We talked about Keisha Lance Bottoms. What are your thoughts on Killer Mike and T.I.? Or do you have any? Coons like them and niggas like them need their tongue cut out their mouth so they can shut the fuck up about what real people are doing. How you wearing a kill your master shirt on tap dancing for your master? 
This ignorant ass nigga, T.I. talking about some y'all been out there in Wakanda. Newsflash, bitch. There was only two white people in Wakanda. Much gentrification going on. Not not saying them brothers not doing their thing on the west side. I know they are. But if you're not for us, and if you're not for what's going on, shut that shit up. I start listening to Killer Mike when that bitch started talking. My dad was a cop. My brother was a cop. But not, hey, this ain't the conversation for you then, nigga. <laughs> we out here getting justice. Take your police ass to the house, bitch. You, T.I., that fuck-ass bitch, non-macaroni cheese-making, gentrifying-ass, Keisha Lance Bottom. All y'all, burn. I don't give a fuck about none of y'all. I heard a lot of people who from real Atlanta saying this wasn't real Atlanta people doing this type of stuff. Do you have any Today thoughts on that? Suck a dick. You don't get more Atlanta than me. Oh, and Atlanta, not you. I just think they say in totality. There is the Atlanta motherfuckers down there. You sorry ass Atlanta niggas shouldn't be on the couch if you really from here. If you were really born and raised in Atlanta. If you know what Carver Homes is. If you know what Fulton County State Home is. If you know what Sidetrack is. You shouldn't be around here with that bullshit. If you graduated Goddamn, uh, the Civic Center. If you really from this motherfucker, if you know about not Langford, Lakewood, Bankhead, if you know about this shit, Ashby Street, if you really from Atlanta, then you should have had your ass down there. And if you went down there, your forefathers are ashamed of you. This is the birthplace of the civil rights movement. And your bitch ass was at home talking what your brothers and sisters ain't doing while we fight for your ass. So just shut your ass up. Let us get this justice for you and your children to enjoy. Ultimately, do you think this will lead to justice? It's going to lead to the conversation for justice. Because I asked this question. I asked you, ask you the same question on wax. If he walks, is this a win? No. If he walks, it should be round two. Like they say, you prepare yourself for round two COVID-19. And it's going to come back more lethal. We need to do the same thing. If this motherfucker walk, which by the way, you want to talk about injustice? They charged that piece of shit with not one, not two, but third degree murder. And then essentially is blaming him for his murder. It's blaming, it's blaming George Floyd for his murder. It's saying he didn't die because of the cop. He's, he died because of pre-existing Because he was in bad shape, essentially. In bad shape and he may have been drinking. That's what you do in a man's death? In the wake of a man's death, that's what you're doing. So let me ask you this: If you if 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 it's a higher chance of him getting convicted of third degree versus trying first degree, and he doesn't get committed, which convicted? Which one would you rather? The middle, second degree, and fight for it. Fight for his right. Listen, it need to be first degree. You have all the tape you need. You have him saying, I can't breathe, and he kept his dinners. If nothing else, this animal just killed the human. You can't do that to an animal. They took Amy Cooper, dog, didn't it? That bitch to have malice intent when she was doing that with the dog talking to that black man in the park. This is a bubbling over. She weaponized her whiteness to try to get that, that brother in a messed up situation. And if it wasn't for cell phones, who what, who knows what would have happened to him? This has to stop, and it has to stop now. And it's not going to stop. We're writing letters to your congressman. Go into the polls and vote for somebody who's already in the fucking system. 
talking about it on social media. This shit stops in the street. I disagree. I think it's you need both. Uh, okay, fine. Because I do That's think no, no. One of the things that this is riding is a sprint. What we're talking about now is a five k, not a marathon, but a longer thing. We need the same energy three months from now when he goes before a judge to be in, you know, before it goes before a grand jury, if they're going to move forward or not. We need this six months from now when they actually start the trial. Like, we need the same veracity because normally what happens in these situations, and again, the MVP of all this corona may change the narrative on this, but what normally happens is, you know, take out riding, you get a whole bunch of, you know, visceral and people mad, but then five months later, you'd be like, they be like the trial of whoever, or uh, it went to grand jury and decided not to, and then everybody's like, "What?" After the results happen, that's when you know the second round of visceral comes. But we need that before the results come. So we need we need this anger, we need this angst, we need this frustration to last. I agree. I'm gonna tell you what else we need, and it was clear to me today, even more so today than Friday. We need leadership. There is a gross lack of leadership, civil and politically. The only thing I know from Trump, and correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't really seen him. The only thing I motherfucking know is the tweet. That bitch Obama has been eerily quiet, and if he has said something, it's been very little. I don't know where Michelle is. I was watching Don Lemon yesterday, and I'm not a, I'm not the biggest fan of him. Not just I, don't, I just don't watch him. But that brother was hitting it on all cylinders. That man said, I want to hear from some of everybody. I'm just a news anchor. We need leadership. He said, I want to hear from the president. Hell, I want to hear from the, vi- the former president. I want to hear from the former first lady. I want to hear from somebody, please. We need leadership. And I'm telling you right now today, as I was down there, you start shouting something, everyone follows. You say we're moving this way, people follow. We need real, clear, clean, pure Leadership, not somebody who has an agenda, not someone who's trying to get paid, not someone who's trying to be famous. We need clear for the people, voluntary leadership. Who could that be? I don't know. I mean, let's just talk about it. Like, who could that really be? It's only so many people who could that could be. You can't be me. Listeners, it could be whoever it is. We need someone to step up. And those girls who organize that protest when it was young women I want to say girls, young women and it was like a day they planned that Wednesday for it to happen Friday and it was hundreds of people out there people are yearning begging, thirsting for leadership to guide us and have a plan in which way for us to go We right now not, not next week not next month, right now the people need leadership and they need it right now And I'm going to tell you something. Whoever it is when they come out the shadow, I'll be right next to them. And I'll fight right beside them. I'll say this, and I wish that we would leave that on up. Whatever needs to happen, needs to happen before they fully open the country back up. It needs to happen now. Because once they fully open the country back up, this goes by the wayside. We go back to life as normal. But this needs to happen now. And this leadership needs to come in the form of inclusion. See, we always try to segregate. We always try to separate Malcolm and Martin when that wasn't the case. We always put the focus on Martin, but there was a 
plethora of things going on. And there was a plethora of other movements. And there was a plethora of other people that was fighting. And they helped with that civil rights movement. And even Martin told you, he felt like he led his people into a burning building. So I don't, I love Malcolm over Martin. That's just me personally. But in the middle is where I like, and I like Fred Hampton. His message of all power to all people. He was so, he was so dangerous. They killed him at 21. He was so dangerous. They killed him. They shot multiple times in his room with his pregnant girlfriend. No kind of humanity. No kind of thought process because they knew what he was about to do. He was he was he was banding together everyone, the NRA. He was banding together Asian America and their plight. If he was able to the LGBT community, the women's rights community, everyone. It's all of us. We're political. You 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 told you you are a revolutionary. You got to keep saying that. I am the people, not the pig. The enemy wasn't your fellow man, your other brother. The enemy was this institution of racism that persists amongst all of us. This is what the enemy is. So it's going to take all of us, not just not just blacks, not just white, everybody. And if we all stand together, we can have change and we can have it immediately, especially in the election year. Thank you guys for listening to DigitalDarren.com. Make sure to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. One more time, just for the listeners to know, no justice, no peace. And we're going to keep saying that. Thank <laughs> you.